All right, turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. That's good song service, amen? And I appreciate Miss Joanne since she hadn't sung in years, amen? Years. And I'm glad uh, her cousin got her up here singing, and that was a great song, amen? And I like the testimony, amen? I believe I'll be grateful for each other and for our church and what we got because not every church has got this. And I'm telling you, friend, it's a privilege to pastor you because you're so receptive to the Word of God. You know, all the singing and all the things that go on, it leads up to the most important part of the service, and that's the preaching of the Word of God. Because the Word of God will change your life, and it will transform your life. And I don't know about you, but this week has been heartbreaking. I have never thought that this would happen in the good old South, especially in Kentucky, to my Son-in-law's family, his brother was the first one on the scene before the police. Uh, his uh, nephew was in the church, I mean in the school, and then his other uh, cousin, uh, I think third or fourth cousin, was Preston Cope, and he died. And I want you to know, friend, it's senseless. It's, just un, it's, un, it's ungodly, the, the day we live in. Everybody's blaming it on this and that and the other, and I want to just deal with that tonight on what we need to turn the school zone, or uh, the school zones turned into a war zone, and why, and what we need to get back to God and have revival. Um, one of the reporters who raced to the Kentucky High School on Tuesday afternoon after the reports that shots had been fired was likely not prepared for what she found at the scene. The suspect, a 15-year-old named Gabe, was her son. And she, uh, Mary Miner, the editor of the Marshall County Daily Online, was there to cover that and found out it was her son that did the shooting. Of course, she couldn't do any more reporting and somebody came and took her place and she wept and mourned over what her son had done. Um... This mom had divorced Gabe's dad in 2007 when the shooter was five years old. And then it's reported that Gabe's father had suffered another divorce last year after an incident on Thanksgiving Day uh, that he was striking his stepmother on November 24, 2016. And she reported that he was out of control and had a very short fuse. As school shootings become more commonplace, there's a debate. There's a debate raging in Kentucky right now, the state legislature nationwide, about how to prevent all this. The Kentucky Governor Matt Bevins, a Republican social conservative, was made, made it clear that he, he won't sign laws that restrict guns. Bevins instead called on America to wake up recognize that school shootings are a cultural problem. <clears throat> I'm going to add to that and say it's a spiritual problem. And then he said, we need to look at the root causes. Our culture is crumbling from within, he said. I like what that governor said. <clears throat> he said this, he went on to say this because all the anti-gun crowd started hitting him. He said, the desensitization to death and killing is coming at an extraordinary price. 
We can't celebrate death in video games, celebrate death in TV shows, celebrate death in movies, celebrate death in musical lyrics, and remove any sense of morality and any sense of higher authority, and then expect that things like this are not going to happen. That's a good governor right there, praise God. He said it right. And Kentucky Governor Matt Bevins assigned a prayer proclamation at Marshall County High School when it reopened this past Friday, January 26th. He said, let's make this day a day of prayer. Amen. Amen. And so not all politicians have gone off the deep end, <clears throat> and thank God for this one. But just, after, just hours after the shooting, the Republican colleague, State Senator Steve West, rushed to file a bill to put more guns in school. Now get this. His legislation would let local districts hire armed marshals, that's where we come now, to patrol public schools, make citizens arrest, and protect people from imminent death or serious physical injury. Marshals wouldn't have to be police officers, but school district employees in good standing, thank God for that, who have a license to carry concealed weapons. And West Bill is one of the least, at least two in the state that would allow more guns in Kentucky public schools and college campuses. And they reflect the sentiment of bipartisan support. And I'm, not, I'm just not going to do a political speech here, but I just want to show you what is not the answer. Even this I agree with more than taking them all out. It says, we need armed officers in every school in Kentucky. Is that what, what it's come to? That, that is a small price to pay if it saves one child's life, stated Senator Ray Jones, a Democrat. Hallelujah. He said, amen. And you know something? I would agree that gun control is not the answer. But it's heart control. It's not hall monitors, but I believe it's home monitors. It's not marshals with guns but it's moms with God. It's not metal detectors, but it's, metal, it's mental detectors where the Word of God searches and plants within a child the fear of God. We don't need more regulations. What we need is revival. That's what I'd like to preach on in just a few minutes. We need revival not in the gym. I'm all for that. We used to do that when I first came to town. We'd go to Valley Point and preach in the, uh, the, the, the whole gym would be full of kids. And I'd bring old Ed Dunlop down there. And he'd show a few magic tricks and get them laughing. Then he'd preach to them about drinking. Okay, I don't think you can do that anymore. I don't know. Maybe we can. But folks, I don't tell you, we don't need revival just in the local school. We need revival in the church. And we need revival in the home. And we need revival in the heart. And I want to take this scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and prove to you that it's not a cultural problem, even though I appreciate what he said. It's a spiritual problem. And in essence, a spiritual problem can cause a cultural problem. Say amen. And folks, we need to get back to God. Now, I don't know when we're going to wake up, and I don't know what it's going to take, but I want to tell you something, friend. I know a lot of people are saying, well, it's when we kick prayer out of school. Where was you in 19? what, 70, 63, or 64, 73. It's when we allowed abortions. It's when we uh, uh, kicked uh, the Ten Commandments out of the 
uh, classroom. But I believe before we did all that, we kicked God out of the home. And I believe, and I, I'm convinced of this more than I've ever been convinced of it, and the only reason I'd ever leave this church probably is to go on the road and preach on the home is that we need revival in the home. It's the Trojan horse of America. It's destroying our churches. It's destroying our schools. It's destroying our society. Because folks, the devil knows if he can split mom and daddy up, he's got the child. And folks, I'll prove to you in a minute, this boy was not bullied by, by one person. He, he, he saw the bully in his daddy. And folks, I want to tell you something. He was angry he was bitter, and the Bible tells us what happens when we, when we become that. And we need to get back to God, and we need to realize the key to our restraining all this chaos. And, and boy, it broke my heart as I saw the interview with, with um, Trent's family up there on TV. And they said that this, this little boy was the best young man and that that little boy sitting on the end looked up to his brother as a hero because his whole life was centered around this principle. He wanted to please his parents. Now, don't, nobody ought to take out a little boy like that. You know, and then, then, they, then they started weeping and they said, this is senseless. And then they said this, and thank God that these parents had this conviction. It's only by God's grace that we're going to get through this. And it's only by God that we can, we can bear this. And you could see the hurt and the pain in their soul. Then Bailey's um, Holt's mother got on there and started crying and, and said this. said, you know, if that boy would have needed a friend, she would have been the best friend and she would have went to him because that is her personality. She's all, she was always helping people that were down and out. He said, if he had only asked her, why did he take my little girl out? Well, I've got the answer from the Bible. And folks, I want to tell you something. The answer is we've got to have revival in our marriages, in our homes, because there's a product coming out, there's children that's coming out that are mad, they're bitter, they're angry, they're disillusioned. They're filling their time with the, with the computer and the killing games. They go around with earplugs in their ears all the time listening to music that programs them garbage in, garbage out. And I have a dream that I'd like to share with you at the end of this message of what uh, should happen in a courtyard next to a cafeteria in every school. But I want you to see in the Scripture, just real brief tonight, I always say that and it never is, but I want you to see in verse 17, would you, please, would you stand in honor of the Word of God? And I want to show you what we need to do to turn this around. And it's not gun control, it's heart control. It says, this I say therefore and testify, verse 17, chapter 4 of Ephesians. You got your Bible? Of course you do. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk, in vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of their blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. And here's where we ought to go to school. It says, 
But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which are good, that you may have to give to him that needeth. Just ministering to others. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Would you go to the next chapter and read verse 18? And be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, be filled with the Spirit of God. And speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart in the Lord. You ought to have joy in your home. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to have contentment in our homes. But here's the key. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. There ought to be mutual submission in the fear of God. Then it goes on to say about the wife submitting, the husband leading, and God is magnified when we bring the Holy Spirit home. Let's pray. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for another time to be able to come to the house of God. I thank you for this church. I thank you for my friends that are here, and I thank you, dear God, for the grace that you've given them. And Lord, we not only have a problem in churches, but we got problems in the schools. And Lord, I think it all stems to there's problems in the home. And God, there's uh, unspiritual leadership. And there, Lord, there's rebellion. And dear God, there's bitterness. And there's wrath. And as we witness and heard about Tuesday, there's malice. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to realize what a privilege it is to have a home and have a family. And God, may we please bring your spirit home with us. And God, may we train up our children the way they should go. And when they're old, you said they would not depart from it. But God, I believe there's a key to that. And that that the mama and daddy stay right with God. And so, Lord, please bless and send revival to our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. In Ephesians 4, instructs us about the walk of the believer. The walk of a man, a walk of a daddy, the walk of a little boy, little girl. I believe it starts very early in life. And I see, first of all, if we're going to have revival and if we're going to, if we're going to stop this chaos in the schools and the chaoses and concerts and the shootings and, and all the killings in our nation, the greatest nation on this earth, we've got to keep winning souls. Because verse, verse 17 says, I say, therefore, testify in the Lord that henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their minds. You know, before you're saved, there's a vanity of mind. That means you're empty. 
There's no fulfillment. And I want to tell you something, friend. We've got the answer. His name is Jesus. And I believe with all my heart that we need to go knock on doors as never before. You say, oh, it's too wicked out there. It's too, it's too evil. It's too dangerous. Well, I want to tell you something. I wish somebody would have knocked on Gabe Parker's door and won him to Jesus. And then maybe Preston and Bailey would still be here with us. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. We need to see before you're saved, there's vanity. And a lot of young people are mesmerized by video games. I'm amazed by the violence of death to the point that they're desensitized to it. And they're in a twilight zone. And the lost are empty. And the devil can fill that emptiness with bitterness that turns to wrath and anger and then malice. And I'll explain the word malice, which means literally killing each other. And folks, uh, we, and he can even possess a person that's lost. I don't believe he can possess a saved person, but he can possess a, a lost person. And I believe to do that, of what this young man did the other day, he had to be demon-possessed. And folks, listen, the only solution to demon possession is they need to possess the Holy Spirit. Amen? They need to have God. And we need to knock on doors ne as never before, and we need to keep our visitation program. Most churches have gone away from it. They think it don't work. But friend, I want to tell you something. If we can reach one more teenager, it'd be worth it. One more daddy. <clears throat> one more mother. And reach one more family, it'd be worth it. Then I want you to see, second of all, there needs to be a real education. <clears throat> in verse 20, the Bible says this, but ye have not so learned Christ. Now folks, after you get saved, I think you need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And I believe that you ought to have a teacher and his name is Jesus. He says, you've not learned Christ. And I believe, friend, there ought to be a fear of God that's missing today in the average teenager's heart. We need to realize that, that folks, anybody that do what they did the other day, and kill these two innocent children and, and, and uh, damage the life of 18 more. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's, it's all because they are not filled with the Spirit of God and they're not yielded to the Spirit of God. And then the, the truth is found in verse 21. It says, If so be that you have heard Him and have taught by Him as, uh, as the truth is in Jesus Christ. You know, the truth is, the truth will set you free. It'll set you free from your insecurity. It'll set you free from your bitterness. It'll set you free from the devil's, uh, uh, devil's domination in your life. Folks, there's a sad generation coming up. There's a sad generation coming up that cannot find any satisfaction. Uh, the number two killer for our teenagers is suicide. The number one is drugs. And folks, we're in a crisis today. And it's not a crisis of more regulation or more laws Folks, it's a crisis that we have left God out of our homes. We have not trained our children up in the way they should go. We haven't taught them the truth. And then there ought to be not only a teacher and truth, but there ought to be some a termination. It says, put off. Put off. We ought to put off the former conversation, the old man that's corrupt. We Christians ought to put off concerning the former way of life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, Behold, all things become new. Folks, we have a cultural problem, but we have a spiritual problem in this nation. We're, have, we're about to lose a whole generation coming up that just are flippant towards God and passive towards the things of God. 
and looking for entertainment in the house of God and looking for their little rock and roll music to be in the house of God. They're looking for a place where there's no standards, there's no convictions, there's no separation, there's no modesty. Just don't disturb my life, preacher. And then these teenagers take the parents and say, we're going to change churches because the preacher's too rough. And I want to tell you something, friend. We're losing a generation. We're losing a generation and people are being slain in the, in the, in the courthouses of the, of, the, of the courtyards of the school. <coughs> because, friend, we let the teenagers tell the parents where to go to church. God help us. We're, we're, what in the world's going on, mom and daddy? We ought to lift the standard high. We ought to train our children in the way they should go. And we ought to enjoy the things of God so much that it makes it enjoyable. And we ought to teach them, we ought to teach them that we cannot compromise. Amen. I mean, it's not a popular message. I'm nervous about it. But that's all right. I'm going to tell you something, friend. We need some standards and we need some convictions. And we need to stand against the devil as never before. And we need to be not question marks, but exclamation points for God, full of God's love and flowing with His presence and tell the young people it pays to serve God. And it is the life. It's the life of the promised land, not in the dives of temptation. And I want to tell you something, friend. It just seems like we're trying to make Jesus a commodious product. You know, it's just going to be all right to live like you want to and act like you want to and worship like you want to and be happy and feel good no matter what. And friend, it is killing the local church, but it's killing the family. We need to go home saying, thus saith the Lord. And we need to set a standard. And we need to draw a line. Because folks, listen, there is no easy way to serve God, but it is worth it. And it's a lot better than your child showing up at school and killing innocent little children that was just going to school on a normal Tuesday, Tuesday to have a good time and to learn and to play baseball after the, after the, uh, in the spring and just be, have fun and enjoy life and meet some sweetheart and marry her and have 20 kids and have a farm and just have a great future. And it was snuffed out. Because we didn't put off. We didn't let it transform our life. There's a teacher, there's a truth, there's a termination, but there's also a transformation in verse 23 that's so wonderful. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Believers should have a different thought life. Be not conformed to this world, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? Be not conformed to this world. Friend, I want to tell you something. This is my last message for the 39th year or whatever. I can't figure it out. And I can't believe I've been here this long. But I want to tell you something. I can't think of a better way to end this 39th year and start the 40th but saying we're not dropping the standards around here. We're not going to lower the banner. I want to tell you why. Our young people are too precious for us to compromise our convictions and our standards and say, just go ahead and go with the world. Folks, it's just not working. Uh, you say, well, there's more people in church and all these gatherings downtown and all this stuff than ever before. It's not working. There is not a changed life. There's not Holy Ghost convictions. 
There's not a love and fear for God. And if you think there are, why does all this happening all around America? Folks, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to stay in this word. We need to preach it as precious. We need to teach it as essential. And we need to let it be a map and a mold for our young people. And we don't need to compromise it. Even if the world don't want to hear it, we need to preach it anyway. And then most important of all, we need to go home and spread it out on the kitchen table before they leave for school and say, this is what God has for us today, young people. Thus saith the Lord. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And walk in the fear of God and glorify Him today at school and send our young people as missionaries instead of victims. Oh, folks, listen. I see not only the mind in this situation, but I see the manners. It says righteousness and true holiness. Here's a word that no Baptist likes, holiness. But folks, holiness means godliness. And godliness means God-likeness. God didn't call us to be like some hero on the stage. And God didn't call us to be a celebrity. God called us to be a servant of the living God. Amen? And He's called us to be like Him. What a standard! We're to be like Christ. We're to fear God. And if not, verse 27, the devil is going to get a place in your heart. Look at verse 27. Neither give place. It's not a fancy outline. It's just some, my heart's full and burdened, broken. It's just some thoughts from the Word of God. What we can do to have revival in these last days. It says, neither give place to the devil. I want to tell you something, folks. You just get empty. And you just get full of yourself. You're giving place to the devil. But also, in context, if you let the sun go down upon your wrath, and you go to bed mad, and you go to bed angry, and you go to bed because somebody told you off on Facebook, and you get up the next morning and you're not speaking to your wife, and you think everything's hunky-dory and everything's fine, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. Bitterness turned in is depression. And bitterness turned out is anger. And folks, that gives place to the devil. He uses pride and he, he uses discouragement. And folks, it's discouraging when we get bitter at our, our neighbor. But folks, when we get bitter at our parents. I'm not saying what this young man had in his heart. We don't know what he had in his heart. They'll probably get it out of him as he spends life in prison. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. I believe he was bitter at daddy. I believe he was bitter at mama. I don't think there's anything that's ever come out good out of a divorce. And I believe, friend, it hurts the children a lot more than it hurts the people that's involved in it. And I believe, friend, that when he saw his uh, st- uh, daddy beat up his step. Mama, and then he'd, uh, five, when he was five years old, saw his daddy walk off from his mama. I believe the young man got bitter. I believe he got uh, so bitter that he took it out on an innocent little Preston and Bailey that was just coming to school to enjoy life. And folks, that's exactly the misdirection of the rejection syndrome in these young people's lives. They're rejected by somebody else, so they reject everybody else. And I'm so sick and tired of saying he was bullied and he was bullied. I'll tell you what is the, is, the, is the need of the hour is we need to get right with God in the home and stop giving place to the devil. The, place, the word place in the Greek means jurisdiction. 
It means kingdom. And I want to tell you something, friend. You give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Hey, listen, if you give him a foothold, I'm telling you, he'll set up a kingdom. And I want to tell you something. The thing that gives him a foothold is when you get bitter at one another. And you let grudges hold you because a grudge you don't hold a grudge, a grudge holds you. And folks, you might not say, well, we'll get over it, but I want to tell you something. Little Gabe or little Mary is looking with eyes towards mom and daddy and say, why can't they love each other? Why can't they respect each other? Why can't they treat each other like they ought to treat each other? And then they go to school and either become a bully or become a victim or maybe even become a mass murderer like this young man. Folks, we need revival in the heart. We need not to hold grudges. Let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor and working with his hands the things which thou is good and may have to give to him that needeth. Boy, there's a generosity, there's a giving. And then here's the key. Neither give place to the devil, but I believe, folks, that we need to also see that we need to give a whole lot of place to the Lord. We need to give him the rightful place of Lord. Amen? We need to give him every place of our heart. And we don't need to hide a little closet with a little shoebox in the back of the closet with our little presumptuous sins and our little secret sins. We need to clean house. And we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And He can't fill you if you've got sin in your life. He's not so hard-pressed to use dirty vessels. And that's why he says in verse 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of the edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Whew. Folks, listen, the Bible says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of, your, out of your mouth. It goes on down and say in verse 21 of the next chapter, Submitting yourselves one another to the fear of God. You know what? Mom and daddy, you ought to practice the presence of God with your language, with your attitude, with your actions, with your reactions. You say, preacher, I thought you were going to give us some big solutions to this school problem, these church problems. No, I'll tell you the solution is you ought to go home and honor God in your relationship. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. But I want you to back up to verse 4 because verse 4 is before verse 6. Now that's deep, isn't it? Y'all come all the way here to realize verse 4 is before verse 6. Amen. It gets deeper. But look at this. Proverbs chapter 22. Y'all with me on this? Amen. If y'all help me out with a few amens and just a, just a nod and come back up, it'd be appreciated. Because you don't know how. I had to counsel the preachers meeting this afternoon. I was so possessed with this message. I didn't have time, and, and I apologize to young preachers. We'll, we'll make up for it. I promise you. But look at uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's a promise from God. Amen. Amen. But I want you to look at verse 4 before verse 6. It says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. I want to tell you something, friend. The only way to tramp a child the way he should go is walk that way first. And the way you walk that way first is you do it by humility. You can't walk without him. You can't be the husband that you ought to be. You cannot be the daddy 
God didn't call you to browbeat your children. He didn't call you to hit your wife. He didn't call you to be a bully at home. Praise God, He called you to be the loving leader, protector of the home. Gabe didn't have this. And I don't want to be too personal to this like I knew the guy. But I've read all day and tried to research why, why, why. And folks, when I see that his daddy beat up his stepmother November 26 and then of 2016 and then spent 90 days in jail and then divorced his second wife in 2017, I can see where Gabe had a little problem in the home. And folks, before there's juvenile delinquency, there is parent delinquency most of the time. I've been going to YDC for 35 years. And you would not believe the stories I hear, but most of the time the stories, Brother Randy, is this. I just wish I had a mom and daddy. And then they would say, and they don't know how to speak it, but they, wish, they, they would really like to say, I wish I had a spiritual mom and daddy. And I know that's no excuse. They shouldn't be in there for what they've done. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you want to train up a child the way it should go, then fill your home with humility. You know what that means? Children, we need God. Let's pray. Children, we need God. Let's read our Bible today. Children, we need God. Let's turn the smut off the TV and go to another channel. Amen. Children, we need God. So when you go to school today, glorify Him. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord. Of what? Riches. Things money cannot buy. I love Proverbs chapter um, 24 and verse 3 and 4. I started a Sunday school class with these three, two verses. It says, through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding is it established. Look at verse 4, chapter 24. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Folks, the Bible says through wisdom. What is wisdom? It's seeing your marriage through God's eyes. It's seeing your children through God's eyes. It's seeing the potential of your children through God's eyes. And it's seeing the devil and seeing the end of sin. I'm sure this lady reporter, as she ran to the scene to cover the story, was shocked, humiliated, and broken, no matter what she'd been through, when she found out it was her son that did all this. When Brother Jeremy told me that story, I didn't believe him. I had to go look it up on Google, and I believe Google. Amen. Praise God. Everybody Google something. Amen. You want to know something, ask Ask Debbie back there. She'll Google it. Amen. She'll find it real quick. She's in the nursery now. But I want to tell you something. It's the truth. That folks, listen. Before you can train up a child the way it should go, you need to walk that way first. If, I, if there's a message today, folks, we need to protect our children with the fear of God. There's nobody with the fear of God would do such a thing. He's going to face a living God. Folks, there ought to be the spirit of the fear of God. We have a generation that's, you know, cool and collective and earplugs in their ears and listen to things that doesn't exalt God, that doesn't honor authority and mom and daddy 
and you don't think this is going to continue to happen, I don't care if there's a marshal on every corner of the school. Armed and dangerous like they do down in Peru when we're down there. Jason, you remember they, they, there was soldiers on every corner because they left God out of the whole nation. Is that what America's going to come to? It don't have to. We can have revival in our hearts and in our homes. And we can fear the Lord and be humble. And our homes will be full of riches. And the riches that money cannot buy. i got to close. But guard your children's hearts, parents. Out of the issues of life, Proverbs 4.29. Train up a child in the way he should go, parents. And walk that way first with honor and humility and the fear of God. And then let me just close by showing you the end of sin. And that's wisdom. Ephesians chapter 4. We see that we ought to be filled with the spirit of grace. I don't know what that young man left. They said after he came back from Christmas break, he was snapping at everybody and angry. I don't know what happened. Maybe he spent the whole Christmas break with Daddy. I don't know. I don't want to blame all that on Daddy. I don't know. But I know one thing. I know one thing. That morning he showed up. He didn't show up with a King James Bible tucked under his arm. But he showed up with a pistol. And he ended some precious little kids' lives. He could have been bringing the Word of God to the the class. Even if it's outlawed or not. And so I'm going to represent Jesus today because my mom and daddy taught me humility, the fear of God, and the love for God. And he could have been winning souls that morning instead of taking souls into eternity. Neither give place to the devil be filled with the Spirit of God. And they ought to be filled to overflowing. And if not, we grieve the Spirit of God. Look at verse. 30. Can you imagine the grief of that mama? And I saw it in the Preston's parents. I saw it in Bailey's parents. I didn't see the reporter mama. But the Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. You know what grieves a parent? You know what grieves the Heavenly Father more than anything? It's when His children don't get along. When His children have wrath and envy and strife and bitterness even wrath. I think we need to be filled with the Spirit of God and we need to be edifying, we need to be ministering and let me just say it and I say it too much and I know you get tired of it but I can't, I can't stop saying it. Your greatest ministry is your family. Your greatest opportunity to make an impression is your family. Don't blow it. They're growing up too quick. Keep them in church. Keep the standards high. If the whole school makes fun of them, teach them to attract boys, not with their body, but with the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of husband that'll stay with your daughter. Say amen. But there is a trend today. is wear less as you can and attract those boys with your flesh and I want to tell you something, if you attract a person like that, you've got to keep them like that. And folks, if they're attracted to that, they might be attracted to that in somebody else's life later on. And then you're 
sitting in a divorce court with the grandchildren saying, what happened? Amen. Y'all go ahead and look at me that way if you want to, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And we're going to keep preaching it. Because we love you. And because we see the future, not that we're a prophet or a son of a prophet. But folks, there is the end of sin. That is tragic. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I'll tell you what was precious. When that mama, with tears scorching down her cheeks, said, Preston's one goal was to please us. And that's why he was the hero of his little brother four years younger. That's a pretty good boy. But I'll tell you what you ought to teach your children. Their one goal is to please God. Don't give in to peer pressure. Don't give in to styles of life. Don't give in to the Hollywood crowd that can't keep their marriage together. Come on, amen. Where's the heroes at? Where's the real heroes, amen? I don't want any honor next week. But I'll tell you what, I appreciate your appreciation. Because you're teaching your children that the man of God is not just any old man. And that you ought to respect the Word of God and the man of God and honor him if he preaches the Word of God. Amen. I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm just saying this, friend. It's good for your family to respect holy things of God. And I appreciate you for doing that. Because I've been here quite a while. And it's because you're all very patient. Because I am in my first pastorate. And I'm learning as I go. But folks, listen. A home full of the Spirit of God is overflowing. It's releasing His presence. It's yielding to His Spirit. But a, but a home full of bitterness. I want to close now. i got to. It says, let all bitterness. Now what is bitterness? Bitterness leads to wrath. What is wrath? It's something burning on the inside. That's literally what it means in the Greek. It's burning on the inside. You ever burned on the inside? I'm not talking about heartburn because you went to the pizza place on South 41 either. I'm talking about, man, you just burn it, you know. Oh, it just burns you. And then anger. Look at the word anger. You know what that means? That's smoldering rags that burst into a flame. That's the picture. And then clamor. You know what clamor is? It's speaking loud with a red face. And you don't care if they're listening or not, you just get louder and louder. That's clamor. And then it leads to evil speaking. That's saying things that the devil plants in your mind that you never really meant. Like, I wish I'd have never married you. I wish you were dead. I wish I'd have never had you. You're, you're shaming your daddy and mama. That's evil speaking. And then, here's the bottom line that I want to show you and put away from you with all malice. The word malice means desire to hurt or kill. 
that young man Tuesday morning. He showed up at Marshall County High School with malice in his heart. He was hurt. No excuse. He was bitter. But he was full of that bitterness that brought wrath and anger and clamor, evil speaking. But it burst out in malice. And maybe he killed the popular baseball player and maybe he killed the popular young lady because he wasn't popular. And because his daddy beat him down or his mama left him. I don't know. But I guarantee I know this, researching it all day today. He didn't walk to school with his Bible and he didn't walk to school leaving. A wonderful home filled with the Spirit, mom and daddy hugging each other, loving each other, and respecting each other, and edifying each other, and tender-hearted and forgiving one another. As the last verse says, he came to school with malice. My friend, it all starts with giving place to the devil and replacing the fullness of the Spirit with the things of the world. We've got to bring the Holy Spirit home. And when we do, verse 19 of Ephesians 5, there's joy. And when we do, there's thanksgiving and contentment. And when we do, there's mutual submission and the fear of the Lord. There's husbands leading and loving like Christ and wives gladly submitting to their spiritual hero their husband, their giant, their leader. And what is the bottom line? Look at chapter 5, verse 27. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. And God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Let me ask you a question in closing. Is God getting the glory from your children? Is God getting the glory in your relationship with your wife or husband? If not, it's time to have revival. That means repentance. That means confession of sin. And our only hope for revival begins in the heart. It's felt in the home. It overflows to the church. And it's demonstrated in the school and the workplace. Let's don't put Vaseline on the cancer. Let's don't just say gun control is going to be the solution. Let's don't say marshals in the hall is going to keep it. Keep it right. Let's don't say it's gun control. Let's say it's heart control. And let's don't say, hey, listen, we need more monitors in that hallway. No, what we need is the Holy Ghost to monitor our hallways in our homes. We need to practice the presence of God, have personal revival, and send our kids to school as missionaries. And to God be the glory, it's possible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message. It's been burning on my heart. And I don't know if I got it out or not. But Lord, I tried. And Lord, I need you to be a better granddaddy, a better daddy, 
a better husband, a better example for all these families. And God, I pray for a hedge of protection around our precious teenagers and children that go to these schools and they don't know what in the world some of these kids are coming out of. They send them with the feverish flu and don't care it seems like, but they send them worse than that. They send them with the plight of sin upon their hearts. Rejection and bitterness, wrath and envy. God, may we send our kids tender-hearted, kind, always forgiving. May we, dear God, be a light in these last days. May we be a salt. God, please forgive our nation. We're trying to legislate righteousness, control iniquity. And God, may we be controlled by your Spirit.